you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at LAist.com sweeps. I'm Tracy Thomas, host of One for the Books, a live literary event series from LAist. We are back with guests, author Amanda Montel and actor Bella Lavelle. You can find us on May 15th at the Crawford Family Forum. Tickets at LAist.com events. Studios. Hey, LA. So the WGA and SAG strikes continue, and writers and actors aren't the only people affected. This is How to LA, the podcast that helps you connect with your city. I'm Brian De Los Santos. All of LA is feeling the impact from people working less glamorous film and TV jobs to people in different industries altogether. We had some folks send in voice memos to tell us about how their work has changed or stopped during the strike. The Writers Guild of America did meet with the Association of Motion Picture and Television Producers, the AMPTP, after many months. They're the group repping studios and streamers, but not much happened, so the work stoppage drags on. Here's Susanna Boney. She works on set in the art and construction departments. Her union is not on strike yet, but work for her has totally dried up. Hello, I'm Susanna. I am in IATSE Local 871, and I'm in IATSE Local 44. The strike has been interesting so far. In April, we were working on a show over at Universal Studios, and then May 1st comes along, and suddenly, we're not working. And that's not to say that we don't support the strike. In fact, IATSE really, really supports the strike. Whatever is happening with SAG, AFTRA, and the WGA in their negotiations is going to directly affect our own negotiations coming up very, very soon. Now, for me, financially, I haven't worked since May, so it's been a little dicey. I'm actually getting recertified as a lifeguard right now, so you will be seeing me on the pool deck and on the picket lines. So uh, it's a, it's a strike summer, man. WGA, SAG-AFTRA. We are rooting for you. And this is Sharon. She's an esthetician who's seen her business drop off due to the strikes. My business is from head to toe LA, and I offer customized skincare treatments as well as lash and brow services, peels, and body treatments. Our studio is located in Larchmont Village. I interact with the entertainment industry in that many of our clients in the industry in one way or another. Also, we're pretty close to Paramount Studios and Netflix, and you know, we're close to Hollywood. You know, as far as it goes for my business, I've been in business for 23 years in Los Angeles, and right now, between summer break and the strikes, we're completely dead. And this is worse than it was in COVID. Even when we were closed in COVID, I had clients who had me ship them products. I was doing virtual consultations, and right now it's really quiet, so it's very scary. Many people work within the industry or industry adjacent. So what people don't realize oftentimes is 
it might not even be the people working in the industry, but it's the people who own the little restaurants and nail salons and retail shops near the studios and near the agencies. If this doesn't get resolved soon and properly, it will decimate LA. Consider supporting your local small businesses so that we can all still be here when the strikes get resolved. How do LA producer Victoria Alejandro went around Los Angeles to chat with some more folks and got a firsthand look at how places are being affected. Hey, Victoria. Hey, Brian. So tell us about some of the spots you checked out. Oh, for sure. Okay. So the first spot I stopped by was History for Hire. That is like this huge prop warehouse. It's over in Burbank. And on a regular non-strike or pandemic year, they work with thousands of productions, big and small. It's run by Pam and Jim Elia, and they've been there since 1985. Pam was so excited to show me around. Howdy, it's howdy. so good to be you. It's great to you. meet you, too. Hello. Hi. Remy, we're going to walk around, buddy. Thank you for having me. Are you from California? I am. Oh, wow. Born in Glendale, raised in the Valley. Oh, my goodness. I'm a California girl. So what brought you to... I mean, we'll get into it, but like, what brought you to Burbank? We're, we're, we're recording now, right? Yes. Oh, perfect. Okay. We're rolling. I love the film industry. Once I saw Star Wars back in the 70s, I said, this is what I want to do for a living. And that's really been my focus all this time. So my husband and I uh, met at Art Center College of Design in Pasadena. We started a prop house about 40 years ago out of our apartment in Hollywood. Uh, the very first film we did is Platoon. And we literally did that out of our, our living room, you know, where we had things shipping and, and going out all over the Philippines and back. And now, you know, fast forward 40 years later, we've got staff. The issue that we're dealing with right now is, is this strike is just really kicking our butt. This is not the first strike we've been through. This is the second one. This is gonna be by far worse than all the other ones because it is so financially debilitating. Los Angeles is such an expensive city to have a small business in. And just because there's a strike doesn't mean I don't have to pay the city for the water, for the power, for the gas, for the taxes. Our rent is enormous, it's 45000 a month, you know? It's like, we still have to come up with those checks every month. We work on thousands of productions throughout the year. So everything from big features, like we, we did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, we did Babylon. So these are, you know, big films that go over several months. And how many folks do you have working here? Um, at our peak, we are close to 20. Right now, we are probably down to about 12. Uh, regrettably, we're going to be uh, calling that number down a little bit more. We've been doing this for 40 years, and, you know, it's funny. We'll, we'll walk through here and go like, oh, I remember when that was in Rocketeer. Or, yeah, we did that for Forrest Gump or Titanic. I mean, we have props. We actually have props that go back to the silent era because we've bought props from other prop houses that have gone out of business. So on Oppenheimer, um, we did a, quite a bit of work on that. And you'll see over here, we have atomic weapons. We have Fat Man and Little Boy. And uh, those we actually acquired uh, off a of Paul Newman film a long time ago called Fat Man and Little Boy. They don't rent a lot, which I guess is good, but uh, it was fun to have them on Oppenheimer. That's a, that's a great film. It was nice to be asked to participate. I don't know if we can be trusted with such a weapon. We have over 60 drum kits that go back to the early part of the 20th century. We have over 200 guitars. So I'm showing you a pink sparkle fender here. That's one that we rented to, to uh, Dolly Parton. Yeah. 
you have a favorite section or a favorite kind of prop? Um, well, I'm going to show you the one prop over here that if the building caught on fire, what prop are you going to go back for? We're going to the motion picture department and it is this Prestwich camera. Uh, this Prestwich camera we built in 1990 for the, for the movie Chaplin. It is my most traveled prop. I shipped it to New Zealand for The Last Samurai, and I've also shipped it to Antarctica when we did a projects about Sir Edward Shackleton. So it's just, it, it means a lot to me. I, I love this little camera. It it leads the life I want to lead. Oh my goodness, traveling <laughs> I, the world. I can't travel because I work in a warehouse. <laughs> so you said you built it? Yes, we built that camera. We have some really good prop makers here that build all kinds of things. So I'm really grateful for them. Oh, wow. But uh, hey, Lauren, this is Victoria from LAS. And she's our prop maker. I got super glue all over me. Right now I'm covered in super glue because I was trying to mimic a very specific fabric. And it's going to look good. we got to spray paint it. But I think it's going to look pretty good. But um, yeah, you're always working on something. You're always trying to innovate. I think of my job as more of a craft than an art, even though there's artistry to it. Because we're, we're as much trying to get the job done as someone who's like fitting pipes or running electrical wire or something like that. It has to serve the ultimate plan. And if it doesn't, then you're not doing your job right. You know, it seems so easy because you can pay the 10 bucks or I guess 15 now and go see the movie or you can turn on your TV and you can see all this stuff. But all the work that goes behind it and all the craftspeople, that is something that takes years of knowledge. It's, it's not like you just one day wake up like Lauren and say, oh, I'm going to I'm going to make be a prop maker. It takes decades to become a great prop maker and it takes decades to become a good prop house and have a, a good product come out. I would hate to see all that disappear because people can't afford to stay in business. Okay, so next time you go see a movie, think about the props. Chances are, Brian, it came from History for Hire. I'm definitely going to be thinking about that. It's so wild, right? Someone has to make and choose everything you see on set. Yeah, like when you go to a movie, sit and watch all of the credits because all of those names are people who have jobs and had a, had a pretty important job, even if you don't think about it. We'll be right back with two more stories from around the city. Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Pindarvis Harshaw, host of the Right Nowish podcast. Every week, I talk to the people who are creating art and culture and spreading it to the universe. As an artist, you always meet yourself. Every year, you're a different person. Essentially, we normalize a space where you can show up as your authentic self. Check out Right Nowish, rooted in California's Bay Area, speaking to you. It's so many people of color, so many queer people. It's like I'm being celebrated in my fullness. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. LAist has a new live event series with the James Beard Foundation. We Are Where We Eat will go behind the scenes of some of your favorite LA restaurants to find out how and why they do what they do. I'm Austin Cross. Join me for the first event where we'll explore how restaurants help make a neighborhood and we'll all have something delicious to eat afterwards. It's May 22nd at the Crawford. Get your tickets now at las.com slash events. And we're back. So, Victoria, who else did you hear from? 
Yeah, next up, I spoke with Ames Miyako. They are a personal trainer at a gym in Frogtown called Everybody, and they're also a SAG actor. So both of their jobs intertwine in this really interesting way that's definitely changed due to the strike. Thank you, though. <laughs> um, so we will set up our warm-up. Everyone face this direction and make a bunch of lines so you have room. And because I am currently injured, we have Lillian demonstrating things I cannot do Yeah, so I work at this really cool space called Everybody Los Angeles, which is a trans and queer owned space that is made with the idea that all gyms kind of suck and they're all pretty rough for most people. So instead, it's a space where we try to have community be the focus and all bodies being celebrated. So with the dual strikes, is it affecting your work at Everybody in any way? I need to have more clients right now. I've done that. I've taken on more people while having actually a shoulder injury that is preventing me from doing my job in the way that I normally do. Um, And it is also risky to do that. And it's also just becoming necessity. It's definitely affected the way that I'm feeling the need for it, where it's not feeling as much like, oh, this is a This is only just a thing that I love to do and love to share with people. But right now, I actually need to make sure that I can make as much money as I can because other streams are not an option right now in the same way. Do you find generally in terms of your clients, is there a lot of overlap with actors as well? I actually don't work with many actors. I work with one now. I just am starting to work with one because the problems initially, which is why we needed to have the strike in the first place, is that we can't afford. It's already been bad for a very long time. So I'm very curious to see how, I'm going to say when, we get our needs met and there is something that is ethical and humane on the table from AMPTP how that may shift things for what we're able to do for ourselves. Kind of my next step right now is to put more energy into creating my own work, which the current circumstances are really what is giving me that kind of fire under my butt to really make it happen. Okay, so in Ames' case, their day job is bringing in money, but it's still kind of the expense of their well-being, right? Yeah, and the business itself is doing okay, but ironically, it's because most actors couldn't afford personal training in the first place. Well, I will say that I love that they ended on that note of solidarity and working on their own stuff. Yeah, me too. And that's what we're going to hear a little bit more about in this last spot. So the Lyric Hyperion Theater and Cafe is this little spot over in Silver Lake, and it's right on, you guessed it, Lyric and Hyperion. (laughs) By day, it's a cafe, and at night they put on live shows. And I spoke with Sean Casey. He took over the space at the beginning of this year. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Are you Sean? Yes, I am. Yeah. Hey, nice to meet you. Hi, good to meet you. I'm Victoria. Hey, thanks for kicking it. Yeah, thanks for having me over. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, well, here, we can kick it in the showroom, too. Yeah, so the uh, the space is, you know, 
a cabaret, a classic cabaret style theater. And um, it's been around for so many decades that just being part of the, the history and the legacy of Lyric Hyperion over here in Silver Lake is like, it's been really awesome. <laughs> it was definitely on the ocean floor, you know, during the pandemic. And so floating it back up to the light, um, I got the keys, let's see, right at the turn of the new year. So you, you started here in 2023. Yeah. Okay, what brought yeah. you here? I've lived over east side for, you know, like 15,000 years. And I opened a space over on the other side of town, like, 14 years ago, during the last writer's strike. <laughs> if there's a bit of a theme. <laughs> and so when the opportunity to cop into a place that's been a theater space for decades, I thought, oh, well, this is it. Shoot your shot. Let's do it. So you were mentioning the last writer's strike, opening the Glendale Room, kind of right as that was happening. You're obviously seeing it happen again. You're seeing it happen now with the dual strikes. How have you felt like the community of the space shift and what have you wanted to bring to folks who maybe are struggling? So it's not just me. I opened this with my wife, my partner. She's fantastic. She's also a dual union member. She's SAG, she's WGA. You know, so our household is pot committed <laughs> to this fight just right from the get-go. Uh, union strong all the way. What we loved about having a space um, that could be a gathering space for our friends and people that we support in the creative industries, that's been really nice. Like, you got to leave your house, right? <laughs> you have to go, and you have to go and be together. And I think the picket line vibe is fantastic. I think our great role is strike captains and people who are on the lines for, you know, hours and hours a day will come here and they'll grab that beverage that they were looking forward to, that, you know, ice latte or whatever, and then they just kind of cool their heels and let the stress of the day kind of wash off. I think that's what we can be, yeah. There's a lot that got knocked off the table for people that they just can't be a part of. Live performance, actually everybody can still do. So there's been a great coming together again. There are people who are excited to teach. There are people excited to perform who may just not have been as available before. So it's an exciting time to go catch a show and to go experience something live. We offer discounts to all union members because they deserve them. <laughs> they <laughs> absolutely deserve it. If the thing keeping you from a latte and LA's greatest croissant is 20%, let us get out of the way. Being able to bring people back to this space has been a good excuse. Welcoming everybody for that reason is kind of an excuse for them to come through the doors and go, oh right, this could be my home again. Having lived through the last strike, the, the, the smallest, thinnest silver lining is that there was a flourishing of creativity in live shows while everybody was frustrated not being able to be part of TV and, and movies. So please, if you're listening, just keep an eye open for some of the shows and lineups that you see happening because they may be really special during this time. And they may just involve people kind of stretching wings in interesting, strange ways. 
that years later you'll be like, oh man, I wish I could have caught that. <laughs> like a picture of your little UGA sign too. Yeah. Oh, totally. Oh, let's grab me that. Awesome. Oh, thank you. That coffee is really good. Wow, wow, wow. That's delicious. So at the end of the day, people really financially need the strikes to end, but there is a little bright spot of solidarity and community. Just be kind to your neighbors because everyone's being affected right now. I love that. What would you say that you learned through reporting this out? Oh my goodness. I learned that truly, even though I was asking people about like the fate of their lives and their livelihood, at the end of the day, every single person ended with like... We just want to get back to doing what we love, and we want to make sure that this community can still be supported. I love that. Thanks for joining me today, Victoria. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks to Susanna Boney, Sharon, Pam Elia, Ames Miyako, and Sean Casey for sharing their stories. If you have stories about the ongoing strikes you'd like to share with us, write us at howtola at scpr.org. Again, our email is howtola at scpr.org. We'll continue to cover different stories about the strikes and their impact throughout the coming weeks. See y'all next time. Stay cool, LA. This episode was produced by Victoria Alejandro. Our other producers are Megan Motel, Monica Bushman, and Evan Jacoby. Eden Tashoma is our summer intern. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.